0: I believe, personally, that all trials and tribulations have a divine purpose. How you manage them obviously is up to us. Let me give you some examples.
1: Welcome, and thank you for joining us today on the Solomon's Porch Podcast with Bible teacher Barry Borthistle. Barry has been a student of the Word his entire life. As a former pastor, he understands how to disciple people in the Bible, and as a successful business owner, he brings real world issues into perspective through the lens of Scripture. Go to Solomon'sPortTeaching.com for the notes from this episode. Now, welcome Barry Borthisel.
0: Hello, everybody. Well, welcome to lesson number six. I think we—I'm going to call six and seven next week application time week six is entitled how shall we then live many say that life has changed will never be the same again and i think there's a lot of truth to that what i am going to share today and next week are what i think are the two most important words in the Bible, whether we are in a COVID-19 situation or whether we're not in a COVID-19 situation. I call it part of my Bible worldview. And the two words are, number one, faith, which we'll be dealing with today. And then number two is prayer, which we'll be dealing with in week number seven. And so I encourage you to go to our website and get our notes that we have because I can't cover it all on, a, uh, on what we're doing today because it would take too long. So I do encourage you to get the notes. So week number six on page one, I believe personally that all trials and tribulations have a divine purpose. How you manage them obviously is up to us. Let me give you some examples. For example, Fanny Crosby, the great hymn writer, who wrote about 9,000 hymns, was blind. Walt Disney came out of poverty. Abraham Lincoln suffered from Great Depression, and yet he ended slavery in the United States. President Roosevelt had polio and was paralyzed. Michael Jordan, we all know his name, Michael said, and I quote, I missed over 9,000 shots, lost 300 games. 26 of them were my fault because I missed the winning shot. I failed over and over again. And yet, Michael Jordan has been named the number one basketball player of all time. I love quotes, and I'm just going to give a couple more uh, quotes in, in, uh, to encourage us. President Reagan, I think in a time like this, we need a sense of humor, and he certainly had a sense of humor. In 1981, when he was shot, the first thing he did, he said to his wife, sorry, honey, I forgot to duck. Going into, I love this one, going into the operating room, he asked the doctor, are you a Republican or Democrat? Winston Churchill said, continuous effort and not strength or intelligence is the key to unlocking our potential. Winston Churchill again, fear is a reaction, courage is a decision. Vince Lombardi, the man who was on top of the mountain, didn't fall there. Vince Lombardi again, strength is the product of struggles. And my great friend, Dr. Peter Daniels from Australia, and I memorized this one, he said, and I quote, if you are not living on the edge, you are taking up too much space. And I think that probably applies to probably most of us today. So on page two, we're going to talk today about the uh, the, the uh, fact that uh, why does God allow bad things to happen to good people? And you can read some of the uh, teaching on uh, page one. And basically what I'm saying there is that As hard as it is to acknowledge, we must remember that there are no good people in the absolute sense of the word. All of us are tainted by and affected with a thing called sin. Now, that's a word that's not used a lot today um, because it has connotations, but it's what the Bible says. So to answer that question, because this is being, I hear this all the time on television and on the web. Why does God allow bad things to happen to good people? well i've really did a lot of thinking and studying on this and i am going to share with you what the bible i believe clearly identifies this question and again on page two we're going to look at three ways number one the problem number two the promise and number three the provision i call this god's university of adversity If we obey this teaching, we can graduate with a PhD. So let's look at the problem. So why do we have problems and where did they come from? Well, problems for mankind began with the disobedience of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Eden. It is called sin. God gave Adam and Eve five commands to follow. Number one, be fruitful. Number two, multiply. Number three, replenish. Number four, exercise the dominion and all the biblical references are there for you to read. What a life. I mean, that garden, perfect life. But then he gave one more command, and he said, refrain from eating the fruit from the tree of good and evil. And what God did in in the creation was give man the freedom of choice. We can do what we want, and he's given us that choice. So even though Adam and Eve had this perfect life, he did give them the freedom of choice, and we know what happened. On page three, at the top, number, point number three, when Adam and Eve sinned, because God is a holy, sovereign, a, a God, which means he is, as the creator, has the right to do anything. He chooses because he cannot tolerate sin. Number four, The sin of Adam and Eve introduced three major types of disobedience, and mankind is involved in these sins today. Now, this is very important to understand. The three basic sins are, number one, the lust of the flesh, number two, the lust of the eyes, and number three, the pride of life. Pride goes before a fall. So there is the problem, and it's all caused because of the disobedience of Adam and Eve, and we're born in sin, and we follow along. I also uh, have a couple of quotes and trials and tribulations by some uh, uh, biblical people. Charles Spurgeon said, Trials teach us who we are. They dig up the soil and let us see what we're made of. Uh, Number three, the Bible. I love this one. The Bible was not given for our information, but for our transformation. Dwight L. Moody. And on page four... This is also a great one. God does not expect the impossible from us. I'm glad. But God wants us to expect the impossible from Him. Now that, I love that one. That should uh, appeal to a lot of us. So there's the problem. All right, what about the promise? Well, the promise really will depend on your biblical worldview. I'm very high on, as you've heard me speak earlier, on the importance of a biblical worldview. Number one, on page four, a worldview is the most important thing that we know about a man or a woman, Richard Weaver. Number two, biblical worldview approach to life and learning has never been more needed than it is today, Chuck Edwards. And number three, part of God's promise is that the world today, we will live in trials and tribulations. And you heard the quotes from people of faith, people of uh, sports, and so forth. It is a fact that we're going to have trib, and we all know that because we've all experienced it. Number one, a number uh, at the bottom of page four, I quote, the man who has undoubtedly had the most impact on me in, on the, in my life, and that is Ravi Zacharias, who just passed away a couple of days ago. I was heartbroken about that, as was Ruth. He said, the Lord will test the righteous. The greater the test, the greater the calling of God on your life. So now we get to page 5 we've talked about the problem being sin. The promise is that we're going to have trials and tribulations, and, and COVID-19 has just kind of increased them, but we've all had them before that. So these principles that we're going to talk about I believe appeal to everything, not just what we're all going through uh, in this pandemic. So the provision on the top of page five, this is very important. The only way a person can experience the provision of God is to have a personal relationship with God. This opportunity is simply to accept Jesus Christ as your personal savior for the forgiveness of your sins and life everlasting, John 3, 14 to 21. So this is what I love about God, that uh, he lets us know what's gonna happen. We've talked about some of the things that are coming that we know in plagues. But he also gives us a way of provision for handling a problem. And this is really the meat of week number six. In your Bibles, James 1, two to eight, these verses have become the most important to me particularly with what we're going through now, and we're going through huge challenges like many of you are, not sure exactly how it's all going to work out, but it's the application to everything that we've learned in the previous lessons together. So I've asked my wife Ruth to help me in this one. We're just going to go through this briefly, but I really would encourage you to listen carefully because what I'm about to tell you has had a massive influence on my life going through all the trials and tribulations that we're going through now, many have which, been, which have been made even larger by, obviously, COVID-19. So in James chapter 1, this is a life-changing provision experience. Trust me, I know. So we're going to start, and I'm going to uh, ask Ruth to read the verse, and then I'm going to give you just a little teaching on the main uh, words, because if you understand this, it's a great comfort. I find myself reading this every second or third day when I get discouraged, when I don't know what's going to happen, whatever. I go through this, and it's a great, great uh, help. So the problems, the sin, the provision, the, or the promise, of should say, a trials and tribulations, and now the provision. So James chapter 1, verse 2. Ruth
1: My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations.
0: The word count, as you can see in your notes on page five, and that's where the notes are really helpful. What the word means is to lead the way, to have rule over, to govern, to be chief. So my first response, Lord, then we're supposed to count it all joy, which means to be calm, a calm delight, joyful. Like, God, you can't be kidding. But that's part of the provision. That's what he says. So I find myself thanking the Lord for the trials. And it's a great relief to me. And then he goes on to say, fall into, it. Now, this, is, this is important, to fall into something that surrounds you, to light upon you, like the Good Samaritan, you may not have even caused it. None of you caused COVID-19, but we've all fallen into it, just like the Good Samaritan when he fell into it and he was robbed, but he, was, he recovered. Diverse simply means different, affects people in different ways. Temptations, what it means is uh, means uh, adversity, trials with a beneficial purpose, and effect. The Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of trials and temptations. You read Second Peter 2, 7 to 9 yourself. Verse 3.
1: Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience.
0: So now that you know this in verse 2, and you have to believe it, understand it, realize that's the situation you're in. The trying of yourself really means to test, test yourself. So on page six, now here, here's the key. In this verse, Ruth read about faith. So what is faith? I said earlier that faith is one of the most important words in the Bible, so uh, the word faith is, means, is the su- faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, Hebrews 11.1. 1. How important is faith? Listen to this. Without faith, it is impossible, and that word means impotent, to please God. So if you're not living by faith, you can't please God no matter what you do. That's, that's the bottom line. But he is a rewarder of those that do live by faith. And then, of course, the reason for faith is that it teaches you patience. Patience means abiding under. Now, I have a hard time with this. I'm not a patient person. I'm I'm really learning. roots much better. But patience perfects the Christian character, so let patience have her perfect work. I'm learning to do that. I'm better than I was before this started. I have a long way to go, but that's what faith does. Verse 4
1: but let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing.
0: So faith without works is dead, wanting nothing. Jesus promised this in Matthew 6, 24 to 34, where he tells us to put God's kingdom first and all will be given to us. For example, worry is a sin. There are so many great stories coming out with people helping people through this COVID-19 pandemic. The one I heard the other day just absolutely thrilled me. It was from the state of Alaska. And apparently this uh, small uh, town, the ferries cannot come in uh, to the town and they bring all the food. Well, this one man that owns a grocery store, he, he gets this big boat and he travels through rough waters once a week to load up with the food, take it back to the town, take it back to the town, take it back, back and forth. And when the in interviewed him, he was so cheerful. The the announcer said like that, don't you get tired of doing this? He said, I'm helping others. So that's a tremendous example of faith without works is dead. In fact, the reporter on the television that I saw this on was in tears when he got through it. It's made made a lot of us think. Verse five
1: If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him.
0: Wisdom. Now, this this is the beautiful part of, of the application that we're talking about today. God, Remember that God asked Solomon what he wanted. The, the answer was wisdom. Give your servant an understanding mind. Well, God now asks us the same question with a promise. He didn't promise Solomon anything. That was in week three, but he promises us something. This is so reassuring, so hopeful, so exciting to me. God asks us the same question with a promise. But then he tells us, number one, this is on the bottom of page six, we are to ask, which means to call upon him. So that's where you start. God, I ask wisdom. I ask for wisdom. Then God says, I will give it to you. Now this, I don't want to get too technical in English, but... Uh, The word given is a present participle, which means continually or repetitive action with no indication of timing. In other words, it's up to God when the prayer is answered. That's part of the patience. So you put all of this together, and it's so helpful and so reassuring, at least to me, and I hope to you. Then he also says, I'm going to give you liberally, which means unconditional supply. So those verses are just reassuring and are some of the most hopeful verses that that I think are in the Bible. Verse six.
1: But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed.
0: Remember I said earlier that faith is one of the two most important words in the Bible? Here it is again. It's our choice. If we don't ask in faith, We're like a wave in the sea, and we know looking at a wave in the sea goes back and forth. It doesn't accomplish anything, but we are to ask in faith. Verse 7.
1: For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord.
0: So verse 7, on on page 7, if we do not follow the principles of verses 2 to 6, we will receive nothing from the Lord. So verses 2 to 6 are the application If you have application, you've got the promises. If you don't, you're not going to receive anything from the Lord. Verse 8.
1: A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways.
0: And uh, follow that up with reading James 4, 1 to 10. So here is a uh, checklist of qualities in your life that will assist you. It's like a test. In assessing your action in obeying and trusting in the Lord. In other words... Uh, When when we go through these words on page 7, this will give you some idea. I look at this every day, and and, uh, some some days uh, I'm better than others. But if you follow, this is my assessment, if you follow the instructions in the application of this passage in the COVID-19 or any other situation you're going through, there's positive and there's negative. Number one, under the positive would be you have courage. The negative of it is, you're full of pride. Number two, under the positive, you, you're bold, boldness. Number two, if you're negative, you're arrogant. Number three, patience. Number three uh, number three is self is negative. Number four, under the positive, you're, you're steadfastness. Number five, four, you're self-righteous. Number five, under positive is perseverance. Under negative, it's temper. Number six under positive is humility. We talked a lot about being humble. Number six under negative is controlling spirit. Turn the page to page eight. Under Number seven is self-control. Under negative, it's you're a know-it-all. Number eight under positive, you have a caring heart. A lot of people have a lot of caring hearts today that uh, we've never seen before. That's wonderful. And if you're a negative, you're discouraged all the time. Number nine, under positive, you have compassion for others. We're seeing a lot of that today. Number nine, all you do is gossip about other people. And number 10, very, very important, your faith is increased. Number 10, under negative, you're blaming others, not forgiving. So I hope this has helped you. I really encourage you to get the notes, to work it through yourself, to uh, read the scriptures, to study them. Uh, And I can tell you, I'm not sure I could do this today if I had not experienced what I've experienced and am experiencing uh, and, and the answer in this passage. So when uh, a great uh, statement here, when, when you are hanging on by a thread, make sure it is the hem of his garment. Before I close, I just want to um, mention next week, we'll be talking about the other word prayer and you're going to learn some things that you probably have never heard before. Prayer is being uh Uh, Googled more than almost any other word these days, but I do want to mention a uh, tribute to Ravi Zacharias. Um, In fact, his death, I can't believe I'm doing this, but I am going on Facebook. And then Ruth tells me that I'm going on Instagram. So my first Facebook uh, presentation or quote is on tomorrow, maybe even today. But I just have to uh, say a few things about Ravi because he was such a mentor and such a, a huge force in my life, just just amazing. But he was a great storyteller and uh, he communicated so many messages through storytelling. And I wanna just give my tribute to Ravi by telling two of his stories, okay? Story number one, 1968, we, Many of us remember that when uh, we went to the moon and the first time we had seen the dark side of the moon and uh, Buzz Aldrin uh, was one of the astronauts and Ravi tells the story that and we all know that when they got out, they were so overwhelmed with what they saw, God's creation, that all they could say was in the beginning, the first three words of the Bible. Then Ravi went on to say that just recently, uh, the astronaut came out with another part of the story. He had taken a small uh, tube of wine and bread, and later that day, he had communion on the moon. Heartwarming. And then Ravi tells the story of his daughter who has a grandson and his name is Jude. And uh, his daughter uh, one day lost the keys to her car and she was frustrated and she said, I'm losing my mind. Do not lose your heart, mommy, because remember, I am in there. God bless.
1: Thank you for joining us on Solomon's Porch. For notes from today's episode or to contact Barry, please go to solomonsporchteaching.com. That's solomonsporchteaching.com. We'd love to hear from you. See you next time.